0: Hello, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, to guys' right. take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. My- hey, Mojo, let's bring in a ringer.
1: DJ, drop that beat.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. That's right. It's two guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. i be your host, Biggin, and Chalo! We've got a great show lined up for you. we got Maj Touré. Is that how we say it?
1: Maj toure Uh,
2: Touré. He'll be on the show with us on the second half. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. He's 2016's honorable mention father of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Maja. Hey,
1: this buddy. isn't the uh, this isn't the guitar lead-in that you normally give me, <laughs> man. It's so glad to have you back. Man. Oh,
2: so good to be back. I bet you, so... I
1: bet you're glad to be back in the states. Oh, I'm sure you miss, no I'm sure you miss your friends, the connections that you made in India. But so glad to have you back. I know Jeremy and I are both talking about that. We're so glad to have you back. So yeah, I just want to. That was a pretty awesome uh, Night Rider Bollywood music.
2: Thing. Yeah, Is it's that, a Punjabi who, MC. Uh, that's all I
1: got. Shout out to Punjabi MC. There you go. I'm sure he's probably hitting the top 40s over there.
2: Uh, no doubt. Yeah, bringing the heat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Southern Fry Philosophy podcast. Uh, this is the two guys taking life, liberty, and pursuit of gravy. I like to say that because I ate some sausage and gravy mm. this morning. It's kind of delicious. yeah a boy. Um, you can find us out on the southernfryphilosophy.com. You can find us on SFP at excuse me, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter's at SFP Radio. You can also find us on the uh, Facebooks at Southern Fry Philosophy. Um, this week's guest is, like like Biggin said, is Maj Touré. He is from Black Guns Matter. He will be joining us later in the the podcast here, but so excited to have him. And uh, he'll explain his organization and stuff like that. So, Biggin, how you be doing this week?
2: Oh, and like you said, it's good to be back. Oh, so special thanks to Jeremy. You did fantastic while I was Thanks, going, Jeremy. So yeah. Thanks appreciate for coming it.
1: back because uh, that intro got rougher and rougher every week, I feel like. <laughs> the, the, the other co-host option was uh, my wife, so I, <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh,
2: or my dog, either way. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the dog was preoccupied, but my wife, yeah, because she would have probably just... Um, yelled at me the whole time, so I appreciate you. Uh, coming man, and I'll filling. tell you
0: what, we were, we had some little bit of chemistry there doing there you the uh, you know the talking stuff, but right. it's nice to hear that intro. I love it every time. <laughs>
1: he's got the he's got the voice made for podcast. Yeah, it's perfect,
2: and the face for made for made for radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good uh, good month, man. It's uh, it it went by a lot faster than I expected. Yeah, but um, man, it, it is good to be back. I do miss uh, some of the things in India, not. Not everything, but. Uh,
1: <laughs> what, what do you miss?
2: Um, I, I miss the relationships, like you said. Sure. Uh, I miss uh, not having to do laundry for a month, mm-hmm. uh, cook my own foods. Um, you know, don't miss that at all. It's so basically your school. Right, I miss that, yeah. And then make <laughs> my bed, you know, had that done all the time and drive myself around. Like I had it made. It wow.
1: Nice. That, yeah, well, I guess we need to work towards that lifestyle here for you. Know. <laughs>
2: I don't think uh, India has a chance of, of getting me there full time. So I think we're okay.
1: <laughs> well, I know both of us are big connection people. We, we enjoy mm. people. So I'm yeah. sure the connection part, you know, especially almost 30 days with these people, you know, people yeah. in developing relationships and, you know, connect connections, I'm sure that's a hard thing to leave. So
2: yeah, it will be uh, later in the, this, the show. It'll be just a shout out to a whole bunch of people that have different names so and that's great. that's fine you yeah. know what
1: we actually have a listenership in india now thanks to you you <laughs> planted do. the seeds. so evidently we need to find it in our budget just to you can be our international spokesperson <laughs> So,
2: i was throwing out business cards like they were candy and then they would get them and throw them away so that's
1: <laughs> <I> right <tried. laughs> well you know it only takes one or two or yeah, 10,000. But, yeah. you know, population of a billion, got to have a few. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I
0: used to do that. You know, business cards are pretty cheap, so i just mm. take them to a bar and just leave a stack of them in the bathroom or, yeah. you know, in a booth somewhere or just, like, leave a stack mm. and be like, as long as someone picks up one, it was worth the 10 cents it cost to right. do those business cards. Yeah.
1: For, for a good time, call Jeremy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: Thanks, Vista Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. (laughs) Yeah, I wish they were. Uh, So, yeah, I kind of want to give a recap, if that's okay with you guys, of of the tale of of two cities, I guess I could say. Um, Well, if you don't know, uh, I went to India for a month. Uh, Thanksgiving, I got a call that um, I would be going to India. Um, My dad, when I told him, was really excited that I might be able to see, like, a Pacers basketball game. (laughs) And I said, Dad, that's Indiana, (laughs) not India. And then he realized it was across, you know, across the globe. All right. Then he got it a little freaked out. <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, decided the company decided to send me to India for a month. We kind of wanted to keep it on a low key because both myself and my wife left, and Big and Manor would have been uh, top spoils for some homeless people that listen to the podcast. which you, you know, There, there are a lot of them. So uh, we didn't tell a whole lot of people <laughs> uh, about that. But um, I, I've never been out of the country so this this whole idea of me leaving was really scary actually uh, I'm an american uh boy the Southern, and I was trying to figure out how I could vacuum seal uh biscuits and gravy <laughs> and get that over there for a month, um, but I could not yet find a way to do that.
1: You were a little nervous i can I saw it in your eyes
2: yeah, yeah it was well, I mean,
1: which you know you' going to a yeah somewhere unusual that you are not used to i can I could totally totally yeah. get that so we we we, we saw that and <laughs> well, hopefully hopefully you knew we knew so yeah
2: by the grace of god i, I made it there and uh it, it switched you know there's a light bulb switch that happened but getting there was half the problem um i don't know have you guys been out of the country before
1: um no
2: no
0: yeah i've been to canada trinidad okay. and i think that's it and Cruises to like Jamaica right. and stuff like that. I've but. been
1: to certain parts of the the country mm-hmm. that seems like it's out of the world. Yeah, <laughs> no. So. Appalachia. No, I well, you. I, you know, you've been to like uh, trying to think Dearborn, Michigan, not mm-hmm. Muslim controlled, pretty much, or you know, high, heavy population of uh, Muslims. Mm-hmm. Seemed like it seemed like a little yeah colder version of Baghdad yeah. in my head. But <laughs> um, and I've also been to certain parts of uh, South Carolina where you think that they must have all ate lead paint. So <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a process. So you don't just like say, Hey, on a whim I'm gonna go. You gotta get your passport, you Mm -hmm. gotta get your visa. And then one of the scary things is you gotta get your shots. But when you go in to get your shots, it's like you're gonna die. They give you the full spiel of things like you're not gonna return back. So you've gotta have these shots because if not you'll get sick and die and, and never return. So there is a like a three month process to get shots. You gotta get one shot, then a month later another shot. They're trying to sell me like a $1,000 shot for Japanese encephalitis. Like, like, I'm not going to Japan. You might people, get you kennel know. cough. You right, exactly. So they're trying to, you know, shoot you full of anything that they can to get a dollar off of you. And then give you um, a, a diarrhea pack just in case if you get diarrhea. Diphtheria which is, or whatever. Yeah. But not
1: diphtheria. Hi, uh, oh, man. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah.
2: But basically, it's just like, you know, some some Gatorade. They're yeah. Like, oh, well, I appreciate that for $20. Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so going through that whole process, that was that was kind of a handle. Um, the second part was packing your bags. Like it was, uh, you got two bags at 70 pounds each. Okay. Which is like basically pulling like a third grader, you know, <laughs> through, through the airport. So you've got uh, that and then a, a carry-on, then your personal. And then I had to lug this CPAP machine, uh, you know, all the, all the way through, through Charlotte, through Chicago, through Frankfurt, Germany, and uh, through Delhi Evidently nobody knows what a CPAP is. They had to have me like uh, you know, demonstrate how it is. Like it's an airborne uh, uh disbursement weapon that's gonna like blow the whole world up. Well, I
1: could see that, like you'd put that on and all of a sudden release a noxious gas in the cabin <laughs> of a plane and right. parachute out.
2: So So guys, it's a CPAP machine, it's not like gonna kill you. It's it's all right. Nobody has seen nobody one. nobody snores. Yeah. Nobody snores here. Yeah. Like come on, y'all. So every every ex you know, every place I stopped at, I had to take it out. Put it on, like you know, go through the whole process. Have you not seen this before? And then you have to do that with your laptops, all you know mm-hmm. tablets, everything. It's just like, oh, there's a handle. Um, and then the third thing that was a, was a handle getting ready was uh, was Justin, our, our pastor, okay uh, he comes over the day before we leave. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. He's going to hang out with us, you know, whatever. He, he leans into the sunroom area that we've got with, with windows, okay. 104-year-old windows, leans on the back of it and breaks it. Oh, It made it through 104 years, oh. and it can't survive 15 minutes without Justin. Uh, with Justin there, it's like, good gracious. The day before Biggin' oh. heads out. It was like, come on, y'all. Uh, what,
1: is, that, is it that fragile?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's old wavy glass, like, you know, and then he leans on it and pop, there it goes. So (laughs) in the process, like I'm trying to have to get uh, a a window guy to come out the day, the next day. So at least gets, you know, semi fixed.
1: Uh, Shout out to episode seven with Justin Mm -hmm. Wallace, just in case you want to go back in our catalog and listen to uh, the episode with him is about millennials and understanding millennials. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So uh, anyway, so that was, that was quite fun to deal with that. So did you get that? I guess you got that fixed. We did get that okay. fixed. We had, you know, cardboard over mm-hmm, for a mm-hmm. while and, had somebody there to help take care of it and get it all. I bet the neighbors are like and, these guys just moved in and already the, in. the neighborhood's already falling apart. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> they're seeing their property values just dip <laughs> like crazy. So I
0: might need to you get your number on that glass guy. I've okay. got a project I got to do. Okay, all right. Well, you should have let me
1: know. I would have came out there with a sleeping bag and a trench coat and like slept on your front porch just just to hammer home the the, the broken glass.
2: Well, it's okay because we had homeless guy from what I said earlier that does listen to the podcast. So he was out there, so it's okay.
1: Well, shout out to the homeless community who uh, <laughs> listens to the podcast. And actually, if you're listening, we'd like to interview you. Oh, yeah, so, that would be yeah. nice.
2: Um, so uh, you said I was worried. There were a couple of things that I was worried about. One was th- of eating and drinking. When you go to get your shots, they tell you, um, while you're in India, you can't drink the water. Okay. Uh, and you can't eat anything. So, a sip will kill you. Yeah, basically. So I'm, like, freaking out the whole time. I'm, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? So part of that 70 pounds that I was carrying was... Like forty of it was just like protein bars, oh wow, and yeah. like chocolate and things. Because you like, got to think about it.
1: everything with water. Like you can't eat vegetables because the vegetables right. are washed with their water. You know the yep. water there. So, wow. fruits, vegetables,
2: yeah. like you can think, yeah, fresh. Some some fruits, but it has to be a thick skin like a banana. Can't eat an apple. Uh, so that was that was one thing that I was worried about. Just. Me and my stomach already like have issues just in America. Much less if I'm going across across the globe, and right. I got to deal with that stuff. So it was that, and then the second one was being locked into plane for uh, four trips of eight hours each. Mm. That
1: that really that far? Yeah, wow. yeah. So
2: it was eight hours from Chicago to Frankfurt, Germany, and then another eight hours from Frankfurt to Delhi. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, and how
1: far of a ride was it from Delhi to? Noida, where where you were
2: from, where from the from the airport yeah. to where about an hour. Okay, it's not bad. So not bad. Uh, an hour uh, India travel would probably take us distance wise, probably about twenty miles. Okay, it's about an hour to get uh, get there. Traffic well, mm. it was probably yeah.
1: like trying to get into Brooklyn or you know somewhere <laughs> through, Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Tunnel or something like that. Yeah, you know? uh,
2: I I'll have some pictures I put in there. Uh, there was a tunnel that I would go through every day to work that was a um, single tunnel, like only one car should be going through there. However, there were two cars going through it, um, you know, reverse side. It was a one, one in, one out. Uh, not to mention cows were in the mix oh, of wow. that tunnel. So you, there were times where you just had to stop and wait and wait for the cows to go through for you to go uh, march on through to the, to the other side. So that was a little bit of a handle. Traffic, I still... An, not used to it even being back. Like, I don't know how people survive, but
1: it worked for Because them. there's really no traffic was, rules or, I mean, there's some laws, but they're right. loosely held, I guess. Cause
2: it's very loose. Yeah. Like there are lanes, but there, it's just more of a suggestion, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the blinking <laughs> red light. Like, we eh, suggest I go through. You go this That's way. how it was in Trinidad. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It's just a lot of honks. Uh, they don't, I guess, have blinkers. Or if they do, they don't use them. It's more of like, hey, I'm coming up on your left, buddy. Yeah. Or like, hey, I'm coming up on your right. So you Choo-choo. hear that all the time, like just over and over. Um, so, uh, again, I was worried about the flight, the flights and being locked in. I was business class, which made it nice. You know, I had a little bit of room, you know, a lot more room than in economy. But uh, And they gave you free you know, food, free drinks, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, so far, so good. I, I made it to Chicago. Chicago to Frankfurt was okay. No problems. I was having a good time, you know, watching movies, you know, listening to podcasts, music, all kinds of, they give you hot towels that were nice. Nice. You, know, you can wash well, well, off and Just all out stuff. of curiosity,
1: who was your flight to Frankfurt? What what airline?
2: Uh, Lufthansa. Lufthansa, yeah. Lufthansa. yeah that's supposed to be
1: a really nice, actually, airline, yeah.
2: Yeah, they were really nice. Um, the for, the uh, stewardess. Uh, Not easy, going, on, easy on the eyes. Oh, hey, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. she, she was nice. Yeah. Um, so we'll check uh, out those pictures later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was you know, and it, it was new, right? So I'm kinda getting used to everything, like, oh, I've got my like headphones over here and I can get this and you know, here's like a little uh pillow that they gave you and all kinds of like a little little kit that you can have. So I'm like brushing my teeth in the middle of the things, <laughs> having a good time, blah blah blah. And then we land in Frankfurt and I've got a, a six hour layover in Frankfurt. Okay. And we're like, all right, let's cool, you know, let's go check out Frankfurt. So we get on the subway. It takes an hour to get from our um, from our gate to just to give an outside oh wow. uh, to get on the subway mm. an hour so you have to go through security right it's the longest freaking airport I've ever seen in my life really? just long hallways of nothing and then finally you get to security and then a' long hallway to nothing and they don't even have the like escalator not escalator what are those the si- you know the moving the the side sidewalk yeah. they yeah. don't have any of those so that'll be important later. <laughs> uh so, so we get to uh get to Germany we're hanging out in city center it's really beautiful like didn't think Germany was going to be at least that pretty uh in the city center uh, it's all we go to the mall which who wouldn't go to another country just to go check out the mall yeah. right right but there's like Adidas Reebok like just all American stores just in a regular mall I'm like well flew all the way here for nothing <laughs> same old thing um and then I see of course the Starbucks hey Let's Perfect. Go check out the Starbucks. I'm, want some coffee? Get a coffee. Get a donut, which, by the way, was delicious. Enjoyed that little feast. Um, and then, so it's time to go back. I get on the subway, and then, um, then I feel that that mm in my stomach gurgle. Mm-hmm. It was a little gurgle. And then, uh, give it a you know ten minutes later, and then the stomach just drops out. <laughs> You're like, whoa! Where did that come from?
1: And, uh, what did you have on the plane?
2: It, it, I didn't have anything. Like I had <laughs> yeah, the hot towel. I had, uh, eggs, uh, for breakfast. Okay. Not a big deal. Thought that would be safe. Yeah. No problem. And then, uh, and then this, the coffee comes back and it's like, Hey buddy, I got you. <laughs> so I get off of the subway and at that moment I realize I got to squeeze for everything I've got. <laughs> and remember, I've got an hour to get back to yeah. my plane walking all the way through security. Mm. Um. So it grabbed a hold of my spine, oh, like none other, mm. and my, cold sweats. Yes, yeah. uh, my my glutes are perfect right now. <laughs> <up all the laughs> I did luckily,
1: luckily, security didn't think you were keystream. That's something. what I was about yeah. to say. Like, like, you know, security's yeah. like, what's that guy? I would have felt sorry <laughs> for that security guy. <laughs>
2: we're going to do an exam right here. Oh, no, No. you're not. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) I promise Um. you that is a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) This is not going to end well for either one of us.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to be embarrassed. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to be embarrassed for you. Uh,
2: So all out, like the whole time, I'm like, oh, please, God, just let me get to the bathroom. Because there they had like you could go into the business class lounge area, so it was like a private bathroom, so it was kind of nice and whatever. So, by the grace of God, I gave my body, like, you have one hour, just hold it in. <laughs> like, I cannot crap my pants, right? So, I gave myself the hour, and right when you get to that moment, you know, when, like, right when you're there and you're like, oh, I'm free at last, pull it down, and yeah, there it goes. Yeah. like, oh, thank God, thank you, I made it. Um, so, I do want to apologize. It's
1: kind of like, Moses when God and Moses let the the red sea collapse. Yep. Yeah, that was that, like that was
2: like my my sphincter right <laughs> yeah. there. Um so I do want to apologize to the Frankfurt airport for having them to repaint that bathroom <laughs> and
1: also any passengers that may have come in in the contact. Yeah. yeah.
2: That was my Jap- Japanese encephalitis right there. coming back at you. Should have got that shot. <laughs> <laughs> $1000 oh, well worth it. <laughs> So uh, I checked my watch at that point after everything's cleared out and realized, hey, buddy, you've got 10 minutes to make your flight. And I, am... But that's
1: okay, though, because all of a sudden you're like two-pants mm. sizes smaller because <laughs> you backed yourself. I, hey, I backed myself into my high school pants before. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no
2: doubt I was smaller at that point, but then I realized I'm going to be locked into this thing for another eight hours. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So mm, so what did I do? I uh, popped two Imodium AD. <laughs> Which God. will stop a radiator leak. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, here we go. And then I had the brilliant idea. Hey, hey Biggin, let's do this. I'm going to take as much like over the counter uh, knock yourself out sleep medicine oh, as possible, no. and I'm going to put myself to sleep. Right, so I, I'm like taking these uh, the, the pills that made, we mm. call them sleepy meds uh, at the Biggin Manor and uh, nighty night meds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Melatonin R Us. Like I was like po- <laughs> melan whatever it is. I was yeah, popping those. Things. I can see your wife now Begging, Here's your warm milk and your nighty night meds. <laughs> I wish it was like that. Um, it's like hey, go get me some medicine uh and they help me sleep. So um so I take some of those meds and I am out. I get on the plane. I don't even feel it take off. I'm like out. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, I'm like I wake up and I like had my blanket like I liked it. I had <laughs> headphones on. It was perfect. And I'm like, "Oh, I have slept so well." And I wake up and I'm looking at the little thing that says how many hours left. It started <laughs> off 8 8 hours 39 minutes. I look back. Do we at want that... to take
0: an over under real quick on what this is about to be? Seven and a half left. Is that what I'm going with? <laughs> uh,
1: I would say. I would say probably fifteen. 15, 15 Hours. Fifteen. Fifteen minutes left. Oh, fifteen minutes. I'm left. going
2: seven and a half hours. Okay. Uh, it was seven hours. <laughs> oh, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> seven hours. I was out for an hour of this flight, and I'm like, oh gosh, I got to hold this thing in oh, for man. for another seven hours. So. The other thing about business class is once they kind of lay down, the seats go all the way down like it's a bed. Yeah, and so uh, makes the fetal position easier. Yeah, (laughs) I was there, Uh, but the I was on the aisle or the window seat, and when the aisle seat does it, you can't get over. Hmm. Like you have Uh, to wake them up to try to get over because I'm not gonna. Right. I'm already squeezing enough. Like I don't need any extra encouragement. (laughs) So, uh, so I wait until the dude wakes up. And I am squeezing and praying and doing everything I can, trying to watch movie, trying to get my mind off of anything, trying to go back to breathing,
1: sleep. Breathing techniques. Breathing,
2: and at the same time, they're also like giving out dinner, and <laughs> and like I'm hearing clanky, clank, clank, so I can't go back to sleep. By the way, it smells like curry fish. I don't know what who's, who does curry fish on the plane. Well, Ger- on the way Ger- to Germans India. love
1: curry. Well, no doubt. But but I can see it right now. Um, your choice selections are. Mm. With Salisbury steak and <laughs> beef stew <laughs> you 're going to see both of those in about a minute um,
2: <laughs> and i 'm not even to eat so uh i, I landed or I, well, I just about landed uh so finally, the guy woke up and i decided i can't i can 't do this anymore like i 've got to go. So I make my way into the the tiniest bathroom I've ever seen yeah. in my life. It was like an IKEA, like cut in half. <laughs>
1: um, That's where you got all the leg room from. They downsized the potties.
2: <laughs> uh, so just had to let a rip tater chip. And uh, I want to apologize to Luthuinsa <laughs> Airlines for having to <laughs> repaint that that entire plane on that. And also
1: uh, the any any. People living under the air flight path, where you know the blue block yeah. of ice came out. Yeah, there's a
2: conspiracy
0: theorist
1: over there that was like, "That was a large
0: blue block. What are they?"
1: <laughs> it's a kryptonite. Yeah, like Joe Dirt found it yeah. over somewhere in India. Yeah, except uh, oh,
2: guys, it it owned me like none other. And finally, like after the three hour delay, three hour tour. I went back to my seat, apologized to everyone in that cabin. <laughs> and um,
0: It's like when uh, parents have little kids on and they bring like this the I'm sorry snack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Biggin's like, I'm sorry. Here's, <laughs> here's a Southern Fried Philosophy <laughs> podcast business card. Yeah. And, a, and a sleepy <laughs> med.
2: <laughs> You're going to hear about this later on this podcast by the way. Um,
1: Shout out to passenger number 136. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so we finally, uh, after the the ordeal—I just call it that—from now we finally arrived. The event horizon. Yeah, <laughs> we arrived in Delhi about one a.m. Uh, got
1: so you had you were worried yeah. about Delhi Belly in Delhi, but you <laughs> ended up having Delhi Belly before Delhi. Yeah, going gotcha. into Delhi.
2: Yeah, that was the only time that I really had any stomach issues, and I was like, "Oh, great! This is the one time yeah. I decide to get it when I'm locked in. I can't do anything about <laughs> it." Because um, I I also have a fear of like public pooping. Right. I, I don't know if you guys have that. Like, I just don't like doing it out in public. Like, it's just, um, it's mm. an
1: apprehension. I think a lot of people. Just, yeah. No, I'm good. It's, it's our culture. Anywhere? I'm good. It's our uh, culture. You know? Yeah.
2: So, uh, so we, we got in, uh, got landed, had to get all my you know my two third graders and, and roll those out to the car. Also, still st- still stomach a little little queasy. Go through customs and all that kind of fun stuff, and then uh, finally made it to the hotel like 2 o'clock in the morning and I just I hugged that toilet (laughs) as much as I could and then Mm. just crashed for the next day so that was the ordeal getting there wow it was it was quite rough
1: imagine
0: so sounds like it man (laughs) an eventful 16 hours 30 hours 20 hours whatever it was so out of the
1: 30 days you were there we got to hear a poop story
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, that was just the the fun part getting there.
1: <laughs> Man, you should you should like wore a GoPro camera or something like that and documented this. It
2: would have just been sh- me shaking the whole time. <laughs> but, hey, like,
1: you I mean, know what? Anyone listening to this podcast that hasn't had that feeling, mm, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: um, so I do get I uh, did get to go to stay in the Crown Plaza, uh, Meyer Vihan uh Crown Plaza five-star hotel yeah, you
1: send the pictures back I saw yeah, them nice
2: they were legit um so i do have a couple of uh, shout outs to give to the uh, the crew there if awesome that's all right so i uh, want to give shout out to narenda uh ratan vj and sandeep uh thank you guys they took great care of me um while I was there, Ratan is kind of the guy in the morning. They do 12 hour shifts by the way. Okay. Wow. So like they are working and hustling for 12 hours. No,
1: is this the same guy that uh, your wife got sick or something like that. So he brought some, uh, you know, some homemade remedy or something <laughs> yeah, like
2: that. Yeah. San- Sandeep was one of the ones uh, that did that. Like she wasn't feeling good and he's like, I will, I will go to the store and buy you uh, uh, Vic's Vapo Rub," <laughs> And, uh, and cause her head was all clogged mm-hmm. up and stuff. And um, so <clears throat> bless his heart. He, uh, you know, tried to do some homemade remedies and it it helped you know she That's she awesome. felt she felt better um so it, they were fantastic Ratan did the morning shift so he did uh, the, my breakfast somehow at some point in my 30 day uh, i got the uh, nickname Mr. roly Roly-Poly. So, <laughs> so I don't know how that happened.
1: We need clear. We need clarification on that. So. Um, but well, al- le- at least it wasn't Mr. Brown Pants. <laughs> it could have been. It Could have been. That's what the Germans I, call him. Yeah. <laughs> I am not worried. I have my brown pants on today. <laughs>
2: Um. Yeah. So that was cr- crazy. But if if you're going to Noida, mm. that's a great place to stay. I mean, the service was a, was amazing. The food was great. Like when I got there, I asked my wife. I texted her. I said, "Hey, um, what am I supposed to eat?" And she said, "Cause she's been there like three times. She's like anything that's that uh, is, is cooked." Okay. Go, well, okay. All right. Heads up. So my first meal in India, uh, fish and chips. Had <laughs> yeah. fish and chips. I thought if you're going to deep fry something, that's going to kill yeah. it. Yeah. So I ate it. Started with that, and then after that, it was it makes was, sense. So because yeah. I mean,
1: because uh, India is a former British colony. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's a lot of British expats there who retire to India. Yeah. Cause of the cost of living. So.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and I had like salmon, and I'll mm. put these pictures. Oh, the with, salmon looked great. The yeah, green curry or whatever, green Thai curry sauce. Oh, it man, was fantastic. Man. Probably the best I've ever had in my wow. life. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of wonderful food. Every morning was like pancakes, waffles, uh, eggs. What was anything? the
1: pancakes your wife had like s'mores or cinnamon swirl they or were, uh, something? Uh,
2: banana Foster. Oh yeah, they were banana Foster pancakes every day in the morning. Uh, like I said earlier like all my laundry was done no problem with that Mm. bed was great room was great had the shower that where that came down from the ceiling, like I mean, it was legit. Now I
1: wonder how much it would cost to re, uh, relocate the SFP studios to <laughs> to <Noida.
2: laughs> As long as we don't have to take that flight there, we can have a direct <laughs> shot or like my own private bathroom. We're okay. I'll well, actually, that I, I got
1: this planned out. You know how they, on Mr., on the on Mister on a team how they used to knock out Mister T, what,
2: Mr. Yeah, B A. Bre- if I could have that, because I, I so I, told I the think guy. we could
1: I think we could do that.
2: It's like I told the guy if I can have that medicine because he hmm. would fall asleep and then wake right up right when they got there. Yep. I'm right. Like, Where's that animal yeah.
1: tranquilizers mm-hmm. Amazon.com. I got you. Okay, <laughs> all right.
2: Heads up. Uh, so we got there and then uh, got a, got a couple times to a couple days to relax, and then had to start work on Monday. And so I was obviously there for work. Um, so I would wake up and then um, go to breakfast, and then um, come back, get shower and stuff. But my schedule started from noon to nine o'clock. How would you guys like that that schedule? Noon for, to what? Noon to
1: nine. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's a just a schedule because of. Uh, your probably office time back here, I guess
2: it, no, they, they work off hours. So okay. it's like two a.m., two a.m. in the morning here. It's like okay. 10 o'clock. Uh, so we have a little bit of cross hours, okay. but I mean, it wasn't a bad shift. I actually yeah. liked that 12 to nine shift. You got to sleep in a lot. I mean, as soon as you got off work, you could go do kind of some things. Yeah. Pool closed at 10, that kind of stunk. But yeah. anyway, but, um, uh, hmm. it was a good shift.
1: Well, I don't think I'd want me to swim in a pool if you can't drink the water.
2: It was chlorinated. So that was okay. I guess so. But
1: I've, <laughs> I've seen, I've heard of stories, stories of National Geographic where something oh, right. swims swims up.
2: <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> right, well, I, I don't think I had that shot. <laughs> I might need to get that checked. Uh, um, but uh, I met my team. They were the most, probably the most amazing hard workers I've seen. Uh, they they crushed it. So, Predom, uh is one of my guys there. He's our 300th like on Facebook, by the way. Perfect. Saw that. So, shout out to Predom, uh Isha, Hitika, Retika, and Babu. Um, man, they're a fantastic group of folks, and I'm so glad that I got to meet them.
1: Now, these are these common names. I mean, because I, I mean, look, we're t- we're two Southern guys. Right. I, I'm not gonna lie. Right. I mean, I, I have Indian friends. I, mm-hmm. I mean, just, I think we have friends from all kinds of cultures. I mean, right. But are these common names like Bob and Willie and, you know, I think Willie Willie. (laughs) slick, Willie, how many Willie's do you know? Well, you know what? I had, I had a talker from a restaurant called Willie's the other day. So
0: (laughs) I can think of two Willie's. Yeah.
2: Both of them smoke pot.
0: Well, Uh, mm. one smokes cigars.
2: (laughs) Um, uh, Babu is probably one that's a little bit uh, different. It actually literally means baby, I believe. Okay. Um, And she's the sweetest thing. She's like my grandmother. Like she's got that personality that's like your grandmother. She's like, I think our age, but uh, she's a sweetheart. Um, But I think everybody else is kind of fairly common uh, on that. So um, yeah, it was a good time with them. Um, A couple more shout outs. We, uh, from Baskar, Raul and Mitt. Uh, I used to work with them on my previous team. So shout out to those guys. Um, but while I was there, I did get to see some really incredible things. And I'll put, again, pictures on the site. But like, well, I want to, to take a pause. I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't no, mean, not interrupt you. Sorry, go ahead. But I
1: want uh, to, since these people, uh, you, I know they're probably going to listen to this episode, kind of yeah. hear a little shout out. Yeah. You know, from from me as as your partner on this podcast mm. and a friend outside of here too, I, I appreciate you guys taking care of him because mm. I know that that was very big. On I mean, very big for him to to, to be able to come in and assimilate and to, uh, uh, to adapt to a culture you know, work culture, work yeah. environment, without any stress. So I appreciate you guys taking care of him. So, uh, so he could come back safely and talk about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing about them is, and in, in everybody that I met, it was, you know, you got to got to be there, and they treated you like family, mm-hmm. and then then you became family, mm. and and that's one thing that I wish that we would, as an American culture, just take more of is they really value relationships. And they really value community within that. And I don't think that we do a good job here about that. It's either these are your work friends or these are your, you know, church friends or these are, you know, mm. the people you went to school with or whatever. But that's, that's just, you're just friends. There's no distinction yeah. between yeah. those. Yeah. Um, so I, at one point you just become family. And even just like some of the hotel guests, like I've got, they're on WhatsApp and they're like, Hey, how's it going? Just Even now they're like, glad you guys came. And, one of the guys even got me, like, a little statue that, like, that was a lot for him, you yeah. know? And and he made, actually, I think his fiance go get it. And, like, even, that was like a family, you know? Like, that was really sweet of him to do that. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate them doing that. It, mm. it became a family uh, when you're there. So, that was cool.
1: Well, maybe we'll get a big family Christmas card. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that'd be kind of cool.
2: Yeah, that would be cool. Um. So, but I did get to see the Taj Mahal. That was the awesome. awesome. insane. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it. you just can't, you know, put into words yeah. how amazing and beautiful for, was. for
1: listeners who may not have taken history in clan school, <laughs> <laughs> well, right. explain the Taj Mahal just briefly.
2: Uh, it is actually just a mausoleum for mm. uh, the king's wife. He had three of them. Liked, I, I guess like this one a lot better. So um, he built
1: one for the special one. Yeah. And the other two just got.
2: I guess they got, you know, put whatever they wanted to. Gotcha. Um, but it's just the mausoleum, and it was supposed to be just her in there. And then uh, he—it's all white, all marble. It took him 22 years to, to build the thing. Mm-hmm. It took uh, my my previous house took 90 days. This one took 22 <laughs> years. Um, so it was it, also made out of white marble. <laughs> all white marble. Yeah, everything is symmetrical. And everything is perfect uh, in it. And um, so he wanted to actually build a black version of the Taj Mahal across the the water. Okay. And his son was like. Pop, that's way too money, too much money. I'm throwing you into prison. So while he's in prison, this thing is just finally getting uh, done, and then uh, the, the Taj Mahal getting completed, and then he got released, and then said, "Okay, son, I'm not going to do that." And then he, when he died, he just went into Taj Mahal himself. So there's two bodies buried there, um, but that's basically all it is. Just a well, little, fancy wow. mausoleum.
1: That's a, that's a kind of a, a uh, legacy of love there, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But also when I, I noticed the picture that you uh, I saw mm-hmm. on Jess's Facebook, um, they were cleaning the marble mm-hmm. at the time, and you guys had to wear the little medical footies. Yeah, Everywhere you, yeah. so. you got
2: to do that anyway, yeah. just to so you don't scrape stuff up and whatnot. But they clean the whole thing with just soap and water, like that's the only thing that can touch it. Wow, I wonder how
1: long, when is that like a regular thing or?
2: I think uh, I, they do it like every ten years. I think hmm. um, so. It was just the last time that they were doing that one. Cool. And then they'll do the other one, I guess, ten years from now. That's awesome.
1: No Taj Mahal is a beautiful site. Yeah, and of course you have the the standard old tourist picture that you guys mm-hmm. took, which yeah. is awesome. So
2: yeah, and then the one with the UK hat. Big Blue gets in. I don't know why you'd do that. <laughs> we saw some other uh, a fort. We went to Jaipur and loved the the, the fort there. It was incredible. Like, um, just,
1: what was the what history of the fort? Because I, I didn't catch that.
2: I, I fell asleep on the history tour, but <laughs> I just walked around. But uh, another just king that uh, that lived there, and he had a, a hall of mirrors. Like one oh, of their wow. bedrooms is just. Just Mirrors everywhere, which hey, buddy, he, yeah, you know. he, he, I guess he liked to see himself, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> wow. They're like little teeny tiny ones, but oh, when the okay. moon hit, like it was supposed to be insane. Oh, With, uh,
1: now the regular moon outside or the moon, his probably way. both, okay,
2: probably <laughs> both. Uh, but they had like secret passages to the other forts, it was like a really cool uh hmm. fort there in Jaipur.
1: That's when you took the military vehicles, yeah, okay, yeah,
2: um, did that, and then um, the city palace, it was just some, some really amazing things, so. Uh, did that, and then the other time uh, when we weren't going to those places, we were hanging out with uh, Jessica's work husband. Um, so, so shout out to Sharia and his wife, Concha. Uh, we drank a lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Long Island iced tea, didn't didn't know that was going to be there, <laughs> really.
1: LIT in the India,
2: yes, yeah. Uh, I had a um. Uh, mint julep, like a legit mint julep, okay. uh, from Kentucky. So
1: literally like half, probably half our clothing's made in India and we export a drink. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's about it. Do they know where Long Island is?
2: Uh, probably not, but, <laughs> but they just call it lit. They don't call it Long uh, Island. okay. Just, oh, okay. Just, a lit. just let's get lit. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the rappers got it from. <laughs> uh, four of them. That'll make you, that'll make you. I'm sure. Uh-huh. I'm sure. Yeah. So, was it a
1: legit lit? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. It was, it was pretty heavy on the pour. Okay. Say. Uh, so it, it, we had a great time with those Now, what
1: was the – the, there was a drink that you, mm. you showed a picture. It's like was almost like a l- yogurt-looking drink. Is that correct? Uh, it was in a certain terracotta?
2: Yeah. It it was actually just tea. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It was a, a f- special tea while we were there. That We were there during Holy. Okay. And that's where they get all the colors and everything. Yeah, Holy Week, the, yeah. At you. Um, so it was a special drink for that. And okay. I, I think it's made out of uh, cashews and – different kinds of nuts. Um, hmm. and, um, there you go. Okay. That was
1: so. just, just something interesting from the culinary perspective. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. So that was a uh, biggins eat, pray, love tour. Uh, I,
1: so what, what's, um, the, I mean, cause I, you know, first time I went to New York, mm-hmm. I thought the whole state was probably gonna be covered in buildings. Yeah. You know, it's just misnomers. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it is. Yeah. basically, <laughs> You know, and, mm-hmm. um, People come from the north to the south. They're like, oh, wow, you actually have cities. We thought everything was farmland. Yeah, you know, yeah people, you yeah. know, the corn, uh, corn cob pipe, I heard smoking it. So what yeah. were well, probably some misconceptions you may have had beforehand yeah. that you're like, all right, this place is going to be elephants everywhere. <laughs> and,
2: yeah. I, I think that in my head I was thinking it was like all going to be like Aladdin. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it was going to look like that. And some parts were. I, I think I, I posted a picture from Japur uh, on the SFP site. And it was a lot like rooftops everywhere and that kind of stuff. There were uh, cows everywhere. Like, I knew there was going to be cows, but, I mean, they're just cows just everywhere. Wow. Um, and they actually get their poop uh, and dry it out and use that as actually fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't didn't expect that. Uh, so going in, I thought it was all like Aladdin, sand, and that's all it was going to be. Was, what
1: was the name of Genie in, in Aladdin? Oh, what was it? Do you know, Jimmy? Was it Jafar? No, that Jafar was, bad was the bad guy. Jafar was the bad guy. Jafar could also be a southern word. Yeah. Jafar? No, I didn't. You? <laughs> well,
2: that was a long setup for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That was good. Um, yeah, but so. Um, I think it was just Genie. Probably so. I think they called him yeah. Genie. Probably so. I think so. you're actually right.
1: It's been a long time since I watched that.
2: That was my, probably one of my favorite Disney movies. It was a good one. Um,
1: Jasmine was kind of hot. Oh.
2: If, if any princess, it would yeah. have been Jasmine. Jasmine,
1: yeah. I
2: agree. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, and I didn't expect them to connect, to connect us with people as much as I did. Um, again, they're just that whole culture is just kind of envelop you with love. And um, that was cool.
1: Did you have a, any, did you have any like pullback from leaving? Like, oh, no, nah, maybe I should, you know, did you?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I When it was time to go, everybody, some of the, some of my team was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Me, I'm like, mm, I could stay like another week. Yeah um and i would go back if they said hey bacon you're going back all right let's go
1: same same team Mm -hmm. yeah sure yeah yeah
2: yeah that would be that'd be fun that's cool man there's a there's a couple folks that uh, i think are going to try to come to Mm. the u.s so we'll have some fun with that that'd be awesome yeah so we can have them on the show that's awesome
1: (laughs) no i love learning about other cultures yeah and uh you know especially the (laughs) culture, the culinary aspects and things like that so i Culinary, I am telling you, culinary unites everyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Indian spicy, spicy, but mm-hmm. yeah, but it'll, it'll it'll definitely unite.
2: One of the things, that, another thing I will miss is the fact that guys can pee on the road there <laughs> everywhere. Like you just get out you and can too like, in the south, we, nah. it's still frowned upon. Like there is just like okay, I mean I saw guys like you know in the in the Indian garb, yeah. just hike up and let her go. I am like that's impressive. I wish we could brought that back. So <laughs> let's start it.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll be the first test subject. <laughs> I did
2: I, I did say I want to be part of that experience after having this four four lits and yeah, yeah. I, I did it. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> they also have little autos. I don't know if you've seen these if you, if you google like tuk tuk ta-ta. Ta-ta, uh, tata autos. Oh, they're awesome. They're called little autos and okay. tuk-tuks. And uh, it's just like a, a three wheel trike. Oh, yeah,
1: it's like a half shell. Yeah. There
2: you go. Dude, I love them. I'm trying to get one. It's <laughs> like five grand over there. I'm like, how much does it take to send one back? Yeah. Probably should have used one. Yeah. So I've been trying to Google that.
1: I thought you were talking about Tata Motors. That's oh. the largest manufacturer cars in the world oh, okay. out of India. Hey, so. buddy. <laughs> Tata Motors. Yeah. Great name.
2: So, yeah, that's, uh like I said, Biggins, Eat, Pray, Love moment. I ate, I prayed that I'd make it back, and I loved being there. So there we go. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I'm go glad, we're glad to have you back. So oh, thank you. We're, uh, I
1: but I understand the the pullback from, from developing relationships and stuff like that. So, yeah. But we're, we're glad to have you back, yeah. at least for the intro part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have our special guest from Black Guns Matter. Thank you guys for tuning in. You're listening to Southern Fried Philosophy. If you know me, biggin', you'll know I'm crazy about Kentucky and bourbon. So what happens when you throw coffee beans in a bourbon barrel? It's pure magic. I stumbled upon Kentucky Nose bourbon barrel coffee a few years ago during a trip to Lexington, and it was love at first sip. From the heart of a true craftsman comes the unique combination of coffee and bourbon. Do yourself a favor and check out kentuckynose.com to get the finest bourbon barrel coffee the Bluegrass has to offer. Check out com. You can also check out his new store at 337 West Broadway Street if you're just hanging around Frankfort, Kentucky. It's a new store. It's supposed to be really awesome. So go check it out kentuckynose.com.
1: Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. This is our interview segment of the week. Our special guest is Maj Touré. He is a um, advocate, uh, also a hip art, hip-hop artist and second-man activist from North Philly. Um, he began his career there in the music scene, and also, I guess, started doing the activism. Um, He's been featured on the Philadelphia Weekly as the prophet of Philadelphia. Um, He founded Black Guns Matter movement in 2015, which advocates uh, for firearm education um, in the urban communities. Uh, Maj has been featured in the New York Times, Breitbart News, NPR Radio, um, NRA News, and uh, several other news outlets actually here recently. Um, so Maj is currently on a 50-state tour, and we, we just called him back. He actually just flew back in from Miami today, and I guess he left 80-degree beautiful weather, and he's <laughs> sitting with, probably out on his porch with a uh, trench coat right now. So the first question I have for you, Maj, um, Gino's or Pat's? Neither. <laughs> All right, that's official from a Philadelphia guy. Yeah, so so which,
2: one did you, which, which one do you choose? I, I mean, which one do you Matt. prefer?
3: Maxes,
1: Maxes.
3: Yeah, Gino's, Gino's, and Pat's are across the street from each other in South Philly. Right. They just have they have excellent marketing because of you know the voice to men video from years ago and all of that. Right. But um, it's it's it's, it's horrible. I mean, if you ask any Philadelphian, if you ask them that question, I mean, like literally, every Philadelphian will say. Neither one; they're both trash. That's what sure.
0: Like, <laughs>
1: Point home. taken.
0: Yeah, I think I've uh, yeah. heard that answer quite a bit.
1: So, Matt, Max is what? What? What separates Max's from uh, you know from everything else? What do you think is or, or what do you think is Honestly, great about it? Yeah, the, the
3: chef, the, the the attitude of the people behind the counter, um, the, the way that they prepare it. I mean, like Geno's and Pat's are like these thick, chunky, like. It's not chopped up. It's not they don't they just don't prepare it the same. It's not, the best the best cheesesteaks in Philly come from places like, you know, the corner stores and things like that. Right. You know, those are kinda of in the neighborhood. But if you're a tourist and if you wanna stay kinda of close to Broad Street, which is the main street that runs through Philadelphia, um, you, you hit Max's. and it's in North Philly. South South Philly, I mean that's that's for a lot of the people, the guys that come to town, they're going to the you know, the um the you know, the stadiums and things like that. So Geno's and Pat kind of like plugs in on that, but it's just not a good, I mean, they've got, they've got signs that say things like, some of it's just really rude. It is very rude. You know, they, they have signs that say things like, you know, when you're ordering make sure you order in English as if someone would speak a different language to order a cheesesteak, you know, and it's, it's like, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure people coming from Jamaica aren't hankering for a cheesesteak. And, you know,
4: it's just, right.
3: it's, just it's, it's a very, you know, it's just it's not as good. It just doesn't taste as good. It's, it's, but again, they're marketing, you know, as far as making it seem as if, oh yeah, you got to try this when you come here. It's smart. I, I couldn't be
0: mad at it. Right.
2: Is there anything good in West Philadelphia, where I was born and raised?
3: Uh, I got it. I got it. The joke didn't go over my head. Um, nah, um, yeah, there's a lot of... What do you mean, like food? Or no,
2: food? I, was, I was just kidding. I was just trying to make a West Philadelphia joke. Oh, right. you had to tie it in. I did.
3: You had tie it in some- <laughs>
2: i have a a wicked mad crush for will smith so any anytime i can reference uh old uh big will
3: Will smith is the biggest thing for hip-hop music and cultural embracement really than anyone i yeah absolutely i will be the first to say you know especially being from philly like dude is the king of hip-hop to me still like he doesn't even have to ever make another you know Album, I and mean, obviously, he doesn't have to or probably won't, but it's mm-hmm. like who does not know the word to summertime or the theme song to the fresh print? That's right, you know. So it's like, and being a silly dude, seeing he's opened so many lanes, you know, and showing mm. that you can be yourself and, and be multitasked and multifaceted and just, you know, just really talented. So, yeah, Will Smith, dude. <laughs>
2: I'm still waiting for the world tour he's going to get with uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. I'll be the first one to buy tickets. All I know is I
1: don't want one yeah, of those kids. I'm, I'm all over it. I just don't, <laughs> I, wanna, I just I don't want one of those saw kids. I
3: years ago at the second like, Live 8 concert that they had in Philly. And um, when I say literally it was three, like, three million people on the parkway were, like right at the art museum steps and everything. Mm. And um, he literally, I, I literally saw three million people. He was like, "Let me see who really rocks with me." And he, they played the summertime. I mean, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song. Wow! And every single, per- <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about like U2 was there, and people from U2's crowd knew the word. You know, <laughs> so it was it was amazing.
2: Yeah. Well, very cool. So let's uh, let's get down to uh, brass tacks on this. So tell us a little bit about your organization.
3: Um. Well, basically, uh, at Black Guns Matter, what we are we're a firearm safety and training organization. Uh, We deal with, uh, we just go into urban areas. We go into areas that have been traditionally underserved as far as information goes uh, in the Second Amendment conversation, in the firearms safety and training uh, conversation, and just go to those places. I think for a long time, people had kind of wrote us off politically in the sense of, well, you know, urban areas tend to vote Democrat. Democrat is anti-gun. They're out of the conversation. So because of that, you know, it was it, we actually were doing America a tremendous disservice because just on the numbers part of it, talking about tens of millions of people that could be, you know, uh, supporters of the Second Amendment, but if they left out of the conversation or don't or don't even feel like, you know, it's for them, you're you losing in the numbers game. So what we do is we go into those areas, you know, um, we give them the information, we communicate. It's my community. You know, we, we break, dispel some of the myths. We um, deal with conflict resolution, de-escalation tactics, Hmm. um, the law, the law is critical, Um, and as well as, you know, getting people politically active to overturn a lot of those laws that are very
2: unconstitutional.
3: You know, so that's in a nutshell. That's pretty much what we do at Black Guns Matter. Very cool.
2: Do you,
1: are you? I want to read this quote for uh, on your website. I don't think there's a black gun culture or a white gun culture. I think there's an informed gun culture and an ignorant gun culture. I think that, mm. I think that's how we all feel. Uh, well, I, I should I shouldn't say all. I, I think that's probably the majority of Second Amendment owner or Second Amendment believers. Um, there, I'm sure there's a scattering out there that doesn't believe that, but um, I I really appreciate that quote. I think that, uh, I man, that sums up what we should all. All field because, uh, like you said, informed uh, gun populace is a as uh, a well regulated, um, well trained. Um, they know their they know their 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 rights. They they know what they can do, what they can't do. And also, the big thing is protecting themselves. Um, right? Do you do? I guess what just where you're based at in Philadelphia? Where what are the uh, the gun regulations? Because I mean, obviously, I don't think it's strict as probably Chicago or New York. But what are the? uh nah. Nah,
3: it's not a. It's an interesting thing because Philadelphia is what's called a city of the first class, which is any city that has over one million inhabitants. So what they'll do in slick areas like that, they'll even though that's unconstitutional, they'll make laws or statutes for the city that supersede what the state rules are. So, for example, Pennsylvania is an open carry state. Um, but in Philadelphia, in order to have a firearm, you have to get the license to conceal it if it's going to be on your person. So even though being the rest of the state, every other city in Pennsylvania is open carry, Philadelphia, they created a different statute. I think the NRA took that to court um, a few years back. They took it all the way up to the state Supreme Court level, and the judge, you know, basically said, hey, you're right, but we got to dismiss this case because you as the NRA don't you're not a resident of Philadelphia, so you Mm kind of don't have a dollar in price. Um, So saying that to say, Philly, even though, you know, in comparison to Massachusetts and California, it's, it's, you know, it's Shangri-La, you know, (laughs) for a gun owner, you know, but there's still a lot of things here culturally. The fact that, you know, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I have the firearm on my hip, that law enforcement from an urban background, that's black or white, that urban officer may not automatically lean towards the thought process that this person is probably a legally licensed mm-hmm. firearm owner, because culturally, in urban areas, it's either you're law enforcement or you're the bad guy if you got a gun.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: so I've seen law enforcement officers at a certain times, even my guys that I know that are clean as the board of health. You know, they they may they may have the you know they, they bulge in a little bit. You know, and I've seen law enforcement officers, you got a gun on you, man. It's like, relax, I'm licensed, you know. So what we try to do is change that. We kind of had that paradigm shift by getting more and more and more and more people informed about it so they can, you know, once you're on that path, you're going to, you know, you're going to do it the right way. You're going to buy firearms. You're going to talk about firearms. You're going to have it on your hip. You're going to change the culture. We don't have to fight against it. We can just, you know, strengthen our numbers through information, you know, so that's kind of like how the space that Philly is in. But Pennsylvania generally um, is pretty good, you know, for, for firearm owners uh, by and large.
1: Does uh, Is Pittsburgh carry the same concealed carry or is it open carry in Pittsburgh also?
3: Um. No. Pittsburgh is is in the city of the first class, so it's an open carry state. Okay. It's,
1: it's another state that you can open carry. Just now. out of just out of curiosity, because I I'm in Pittsburgh once in a while, so. <laughs> you,
2: could, you could just Google it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but this man right here, the, right. we have the
1: man with the knowledge right here. So, uh,
2: so this is big. And so, what really kind of started you on this journey? Like, at what point, or was there an event or something in your life that you decided, hey, I really want to educate? The urban community about this or, or you know kind of how did you get started or why did you get started
3: well as a hip-hop artist before I was already traveling around the country just on my own Um, just you know taking my music pressing up a few thousand of them going to California going to the same areas about you know okay I'm going to Compton I've been to Compton before this you know and it's like all right well these same things keep happening in all these urban areas it's the same the guy bought the gun legally he didn't know he had to have a license to carry. He got He's facing a felony now because he just had hmm. it on his hip. Hmm. Misinformation. And then when you start to see, like, oh, man, this is everywhere, but not when I'm around my rural or suburban friends. Hmm. See, again, Philadelphia, the difference between Philadelphia and, and the rest of Pennsylvania. So then it starts to go, okay, well, why is it the same way in every other part of Illinois or a lot of Illinois except for Chicago? Hmm, that's right. A lot of... You know, uh, uh, Florida, well, Florida is not as bad. But the point being is, you see that, like, damn, this is designed specifically around urban populations. That's one thing. You see, it's a highly organized phenomenon. It's not an accident. And it's definitely not for those people's protection. You know, mm-hmm. so in seeing that, it's like I was able to connect the dots a little bit and go, oh, most people don't ever leave, they don't ever really like leave their town. So it's a whole nother world and you can see the similarities, whether they're pros or cons, you know, and I can see clearly that somebody's economist on that side of it. Then when you start to do a little bit more research, you read and you see, you know, um, just the racism, the racist origins of gun control. I mean, all gun control laws were directly out of, you know, uh, eman- right after emancipation. You know, hey, we kind of been beating these people for some time. We can't let them have firearms. You know, and then the trickle down over hundreds of years, that same level of control over people that will be resisting that level of tyranny spreads into, you know, white, Spanish, Latin American people. Because those people that wanted to control one demographic from defending themselves said, well, why don't we just restart this whole tyranny thing that America was trying to get away from in the whole origin of it? You know, but when you see that same thing in different urban environments. Okay, civics ain't in the school, so you don't know that. I'm just a nerd, so I read everything, <laughs> you know. And I, you know what I'm saying? I read the stuff that people be like, "Yo, why are you reading that?" You know, because their perception of me is, you know, there's no way that you're reading a physics book. Why not? I just, I just think it's interesting. Let me see. I read stuff that people say I shouldn't read, you know. So with that being the case, again, tying those, you know, connecting those dots, crossing those T's and dotting them I's. You start to see, okay, this is this is systemic,
4: mm-hmm. you know.
3: You start to see that this is tied into the prison industrial complex. This is designed to entrap American citizens, especially in urban areas, because it's a whole lot of people in urban areas. And then when you start to see that gun control ain't really about guns per se; it's more about people and people control. If you don't really want to do something after that, then you kind of like on the side of the other side, or is just kind of soft the marshmallows. So we ain't either one of those. So we were just like, okay, we could, we could apply a solution. We could present something in an, organize, in an organized form that can prevent some of this. Because a lot of it is just based on people, again, that same democratic, urban, high numbers, tens of millions of people, not having the information, choosing people that are going to support policies that keep that ball rolling, you know, in the direction of less and less freedoms. You know so my understanding of history is just a little bit different from a hood perspective, and I see how that directly relates to us. So, when seeing that, we created Black Guns Matter.
0: With uh the creation of the Black Guns Matter, um, obviously the name has a striking resemblance to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, what was the thought mm-hmm. process behind you know the tying the two together or, or not?
3: Well, it was kind of tied together. One, I saw a bunch of people saying, and such matters after that. And I was like, well, all right, that's, I get, y'all are kind of like making fun of it, but not me. And then the other thing was, I understand the reason why an organization like Black Lives Matter was created. There's definitely social injustices happening, period. No one can pretend, or they can, but (laughs) I'm not. So with that being the case, the thing that I did not agree with, with Black Lives Matter, the actual organization, because sometimes people just have on a t-shirt and the media will say, Oh, this is Black Lives Matter, and it's clearly not. But um, the, the thing that I disagreed with with the actual organization was this notion of, like, putting your hands up and surrendering. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not very American. And we've been getting – in urban areas, we already were unarmed getting shot in the face. So how does this actually help? You know, maybe it's people knew that we're not, as American citizens in urban areas, we're not going to just stand for that. We're going to be informed, responsible, and, and exercising our natural right of self-defense to defend mm-hmm. our lives, you know, from any type of tyranny. You see, when you when you separate those things and make it seem like, oh, this isn't for these people, but this is for this, these people, you make people in certain demographics start to feel disenfranchised. And disenfranchised people don't defend their life because they don't value it. And maybe that's part of that matrix. But I'm not going to submit to that, you know. So, um, and seeing that, you know, the Black Lives Matter campaign and understanding that there's definitely social injustices is popping off, which created a need for an organization like that. I also don't have to, or I'm not going to try to convince anybody that my life matters. I don't care if you think my life matters. I mean, your your thought process does not have any bearing on my day. It's it's not worth a Pop-Tart to me. Like, I'll... <laughs> I'll be okay, but where you will get some response from me is if you try to influence or act upon your thought that my life doesn't matter, mm-hmm. then my black gun will show you exactly how my life matters <laughs> without a conversation at all you know so for me i'm I'm just I'm more of a Leonidas type of thing i I can't really submit to Xerxes that's not really how I'm built, you know, so me submitting or putting my hands up and saying, hands up, don't shoot, I'm not going to say that because if you got a firearm, I don't care what you do. If your gun is pointed at me, I'm going to – I'm not even going to return fire because I'm going to shoot first because I'm definitely going to – I'm working on a a sub-second draw. So if you're doing that, I'm going to defend my life, you know. So saying that to say the similarities are there, you know, but our organization is more around training humans especially American citizens, to defend their life from any form of tyranny in a legal, responsible, safe, you know, and, um, and, and powerful way. And that's the, you know, those are the similarities of the names, but the differences in what we actually do, you know.
2: Yeah, I'm a little offended because my wife has a pink one. So I think that that kind <laughs> matters. <laughs>
3: Her gun absolutely does not matter. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, so,
0: you know, you get into the, the Second Amendment with all your, um, you know, teachings and everything. Do you get into any of the other, um, you know, parts of the Bill of Rights or anything like that? Um, you know, the Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment are pretty big ones that usually go hand yeah. in hand with it.
3: Yeah, we we do that because we start at the second because everybody knows the first. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be able to say whatever the hell they want to say. Um, but yeah, in our classes, we deal with a lot of that. We we, we kind of meal piece it a bit because for the most part, we're dealing with newbies on several levels. Hmm. You know, again, civics is not taught in the hood at all. You know, by design. You know, so it's just it's more explaining people how those two separate documents are there really to limit government. You mm-hmm. know, and getting people in the hood, or, 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 wrapping people from the hood mind around that alone is, you know, a, a very, you know, challenging thing. Because for the most part, you know, again, regardless of your race, if you're in an urban environment, more than likely your schooling, your conditioning has told you you're supposed to stand in line, you're supposed to do what the government tells you, and that's not how. That's not how the, the founding fathers. Those aren't the origins or the original documents. These things were guys going no these are to limit your government and we're going to double down with relisting these human rights and Mm -hmm. the bill of rights that no government gave you, that no government can take away. You know, so we do touch on those things, you know, uh, but we, again, it's only a two and a half, three hour course. And we're going over law. We're going over civics. We're going over firearm anatomy. We're going on safe handling. We're going over, you know, Mm -hmm. conflict resolution. We're going over de-escalation. And we got to also along with that, Um, it has to be, you know, relevant and culturally, philosophically, how do you now get all of this information distilled into a person that's felt like they were outside of that? How do you make a person understand that this American dream is yours? All you got to do is work. All you got to do is stuff. But if they're, they've been conditioned a different way. So a lot of that is, you know, we really deprogramming and reengineering the mind we we're really dealing with, you know, a war of mind, To be perfectly honest, mm. you know, so we go into that, but it's very basic, it's very simple, it's very hands-on, and it's very, you know, catered towards the demographic that, you know, and I, I'm, I know I've repeated a lot, but I have to make sure because I'm, I'm get, I get a lot of emails now. Hey, can white people come to this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> hey, yeah. Like, when we got the guy at the door, like, wait, wait, wait you know what I mean? So, as long as they own a black like,
2: guy. I um, understand.
3: Yeah, it's like, wait, wait, where are you at on this? <laughs> you ever see that uh, that meme on, like, Instagram with, like, Peter, and it's, like, different shades of if you're okay? Like, do we have that meme at the door? Like, check yourself if not. Bang a U-turn. You know, but um, it's, just, um, it's just making sure that people from that demographic or from all racial backgrounds, I'm telling you, man, it's an attack on your mind to keep you uh, following policies or people that traditionally have put things on paper that became laws
4: Mm.
3: that were designed specifically to imprison you Mm -hmm. in a state of, like, actual prison or, you know, to just make you incapable of defending yourself. And, you know, we got to snap out of that immediately.
2: Interesting.
1: I think uh, I think we'll, we almost have to roll back to the basics where people don't realize, or people should realize, that our rights aren't given from the government. There are certain rights that are what they call inalienable; they're given, to, you know, to us from the Creator. One of those is right to self-defense, and right. um, I think that's where it starts—is letting people know that. Um, I have a question as far as wh- when do you think you talk back up to the history part? When do you think? That in in the urban communities that I guess government or people started buying into this lie that they couldn't own firearms or firearms was a taboo or only violent people had guns. Because I think you see that a lot in, in some urban communities where um, uh, most of the gun ownership is illegal or legal with intent, intent to hurt purposes. And it seems like a lot of people are just like, you can't own a gun. And they, they they buy into this lie that they can't protect themselves. When do you, historically when do you think that probably, you know, hit?
3: It's it started happening right after um like those migrations, right after um you know like you, you got to deal with you got to deal with the mentality. America has a full and rich history, and a lot of it is very ugly. Slavery happened, like that happened. And if we can't move past it unless we at least acknowledge it and recognize where the areas were that we put, you know, um, a, a stain on our flag. It, it is. It is. You know, so when that happened, you got to deal with the mentality of the people that were made dependent for very long amounts of time. And you also have to deal with the fact that there were some people that weren't, you know, racism happened, violent racism. And there were some people that were upset that, you know, okay, well, now that we're out of enslavement, we're going to, you know, build our own communities, Rosewood, you know, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, places like that. Then fear factors kicked in. You know, you're dealing with psych- psychology. I mean, it's it's a, it's a very, again, I'm a nerd, but when you look at it, it's, you're talking about, you know, um, Stockholm syndrome to the, to, the, to the thousandth degree. You know, people that felt extremely dependent and believed, some people that had malintent for them. You know, and then they put it into policy and then some more people continued with it. And then the ignorance was there, the misinformation was there. Then you see the outcome, then you go, Yeah, this is true. We don't need guns. So this to this racist ideology that somehow if you are have a certain level of hue in your skin, you're genetically predisposed. If you're around a gun, you're just gonna shoot each other. Never mind the social conditioning conditions, never mind the years and years of ignorance. Never mind all the way back to the the fact that this was even, this this form of control was created was to stop you from defending yourself against tyranny. Mm. Never mind the fact that even before slavery, the founding fathers of this nation were experiencing tyranny and then made documents to explain, hey, we don't want this to happen. And if this does start popping off, everybody that lives in America has the right to shoot the people that are trying to make that pop off, Mm. you know, so... If you wanted to keep a class of people, you know, um, subservient and believe that they're still denizens, you got to keep perpetuating that. And unfortunately, some people believed it. Fast forward, they continued to believe it, and they migrated to areas where that same gun control was popping, because they and they agreed with it because their leaders told them to. Some of those leaders were handpicked by people that was on the, out, the, the other side that weren't about unification and unity, were about separation and control and concurrence so they can maintain a lion's share of the resource. We see it now. Huh. We see it now. And they'll have a politician. I'm from Philly. It's been democratically run for the umpteenth thousandth year, <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, how exactly does stop and frisk help? It doesn't. It just violates constitutional rights. My ability to just travel around, uh-huh. you know? You can't just. This ain't the minority report. You can't just think I look like I'm <laughs> gonna right. do something, you know. And there so, you if you make people from that demographic understand human rights via, it's not far back. It's the Constitution. I'm in Philly. Is where they kind of wrote the whole thing. <laughs> our,
1: our capital was there <laughs> once. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right.
3: So it's like, but if you keep people separated from that, they'll just they'll cut a they'll cut a back door for themselves. They won't go through the front door. You know, and it won't it won't force people that has have, have more of a bigoted mindset, you know, to deal with, yo, your mindset was wrong. You thought these rights were only for this particular group of people. And you need to evolve or die like dinosaurs. Yeah. You know, so unfortunately people, you know, they bit and they 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 swallowed the poison, you know, and over time people kept feeding them poison. They never left you know, that demographic alone, there was a constant barrage, however subtle of misinformation designed specifically to, and you haven't, we, you know that people have an inclination, you live in a rough neighborhood, you have an inclination to get a firearm. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Now I catch you with the firearm. Mm
4: -hmm. Now
3: you're a felon. Mm -hmm. Now we are food for the prison industrial complex, which ties into the 13th amendment. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: It's very, it's what I call a beautiful ugly, something that in its, in its, um, when you watch it, the precision of it is beautiful. It's systematic, but the intent and the reason and the outcome is so ugly because it's very, um, you know, downtrodden and controlling and oppressive on several levels to American citizens. And I don't care what you know race you identify as, sex you identify as. Mm-hmm. These things are, you know, these types of laws and regulations and unconstitutional things. Are, it's, it's actually what's stopping America from being great. Mm. You know, you, you, you're just boxing off, again, 10, 20, 30 million. New York alone has 7, 8 million people.
1: Uh, I wonder so how, how many concealed weapon permits they have in New York City, too. I wonder.
3: You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, there's
1: not many. You can't, contr-
3: yeah. you can't control people that are just responsible, self conscious, you know, socially aware citizens that can defend their beliefs,
4: mm-hmm. that
3: know that it's we the people, not us, the government, you know, so I get it. I mean, I'm just, I just, I'm just, I've just had time and reading things from so many different backgrounds and understanding it and going to them places. I could, it's like, I don't even see the people. I just see the matrix. It's just like yeah. green, blue, green, you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and I love the fact that you bring hope um, and, and education to folks. How does it, when you, when you, you teach the classes, you start seeing those light bulbs kind of go off how does, that, yep. how does that make you feel? And like, how, how is that changing the landscape at this point from what you, you've been doing?
3: It's changing the landscape. I'll give you a perfect example. Philadelphia, um, historically, for, for a lot of years now, has been like top five in crime for a bunch of years. Last year, we did the most work in any city in Philadelphia, 2016. 2016, Philly had the lowest crime rate since 1979. And wow. I would like to believe that some of the work that we're doing in the community is a slither of that. You just, again, you're talking about changing the mind. Hey man, I'm not going to shoot them. Even if, for whatever reason, if I can get you on, hey man, if you shoot him, you know you're looking at $50,000 in legal fees to even beat the case, bro. Mm. You got to yeah. put up, you know, your people's house, your house. You want that? Because you now know the process. That that guy's a 21, 22-year-old guy that doesn't even understand the process, Yo, if that's a homicide, you are not getting bail. You there till the case is over. Hmm. You know, so all of those different things. If I can get that guy that way, I'm gonna get him that way. If I can stop the young other guy from, you know, the, the guy I've had ten of those. Literally, wow. I bought a gun with my debit card. I worked. I just had it on me for, for you know, he was printing because obviously he doesn't know about appendix carry in the hood. He's printing, the hit, The hit. if it's a holster, it's too big. I get what he's trying to do, but he's missing information. The law enforcement officer sees him. He says, no, this, this this gun is legal. But you're carrying it without a license to carry. Even though it's an infringement, you know, on your right, you don't even know that that's part of the process and that's the part that we have to overturn. But in the meantime, you got to play the game while we overturn it. Yeah. So if you're not even aware of that part, and it literally cost you twenty dollars and some time. Literally, mm. you didn't know that part. Now you got a felony case. You know, if I can explain that to him, and he goes, "Oh, so wait, I say, wait? Yeah, go to the rental range. Shoot. While you're waiting for your paper to come back, so you're getting proficient, and when your that paperwork come back, you know exactly which firearm you want to use because you at the rental range. You are waiting for your license to carry to come back. That's time that you waiting, and you practicing while you wait. You get familiar. Your hand might not feel good in that HK. (laughs) You might not shoot good with that M&P. You might not. Maybe a Glock 19 is for you, but you won't know. While you're waiting on that, get surgical while you're waiting at the range. Then your paper comes, then you're good. Now, I get that guy that way. Now, when these men, women are informed, I understand the process of what knowledge of Second Amendment rights and good citizenship and firearms does to your mind. It's like it's driving a light. It's like a car, man. I got my license. I'm not trying to not drive. You're 16. I want to drive. I want to be out. It changes the mentality. Yeah. So now we changing the mind. See, this our organization is called Black Guns Matter. It's far bigger than just the firearm. Yeah. Firearm for self defense is the last resort. Well, how can you de escalate that situation before it even gets to me having to blow your head off? Because I'm not blowing your head off. Unless it's a slam dunk for the DA's office to not prosecute me.
2: Right. Now that makes sense. You know,
3: so I have to make sure that everything is in alignment. So, you know, saying all of that to say, these are the areas that we're helping. And when we see those light bulbs, when we can explain it to them in a way that's practical for them, when they see their their purpose and their their lane in it, that's what we're doing. They're going, damn. Oh, so that's why I couldn't hear... But over there, and you'll hear guys. They go, "Man, that's, I, I thought that. I one time I went to such and such, and I thought the same thing." Hmm. Light bulb.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Now
3: we're putting them on the path Down, down, yeah. at then Now they're down the rabbit hole, and that's great. That's great for everybody.
2: Oh yeah, no doubt. Very cool. So what? Uh, what's your uh, everyday carry? I'm just, just curious.
3: G nineteen.
2: Nice.
3: <laughs> it's in the sweet spot. <laughs> Big pause. What, three, what what cal no.
1: what what caliber?
2: Nine,
3: nine for sure. I care forty cal. Not, and I know, I know everybody. Oh, <laughs> here
2: nine. it comes not, the the nine and forty five.
3: <laughs> for me, my my reasons is because um, I haven't seen it. For me, and again, I'm not in any. I'm not Hickok. Let me be very clear. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, for me. I haven't seen enough of a difference in, I mean, recoil, the lack of recoil for me in a nine justified for me. And if I'm, uh, I'm me, I'm, I'm a three, four times a week at the range dude, so I could get real surgical. So the, 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 you know, and potentially less, you know, rounds on me. I just don't really see much of a difference because the recoil is, 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 is a big deal for me, you mm-hmm. know? So that lack of recoil and having more on hand and it's cheaper. Like, I mean, <laughs>
2: That's true.
3: it's cheaper. It's just, it is, it is more available for me, you know? So for me, those are my reasons. And that Glock 19 is just very, it is very practical. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's reliable. It's not, the. I'm going to be honest, Glocks are not the best looking, it does not look like that Viper, I mean, it's not, (laughs) you know, but for me, it fits, and that's another thing that we stress, like, what's good for you, man, like, Mm. I get it, you saw the movie, you want that one, that (laughs) Desert Eagle is not practical for your EDC, sorry, bro, Mm. like, it's just not, you know, so it's demystifying it, but for me, Glock
4: ranting. Nice.
0: Um, I was looking on your, uh, website and I saw your Jacksonville and Miami, um, courses were, uh, free. Um, are all your mm-hmm. courses free?
3: Yep, Free to all. We're going to start doing a different thing though. Okay. Because, uh, what happens is people will go, yeah, man, I'm coming. And we, so we started doing Eventbrite because we try to feed everybody, you know, mm-hmm. we make it very communal, you know what I'm saying? um, you know. We we like to get you know get people time to you know communicate with the trainers, build with those guys, the lawyers from that town. Because if I leave, I'm leaving. I can't help you in Hawaii. If you're right. in Chicago, you know. So um, but what'll happen is people will know it's free, they'll go ah well, and they'll sign up for it on our Eventbrite. You know, we'll know about how many people are coming, and some of the people don't come. So what we're gonna start doing is, it's a five dollar registration fee.
0: That's smart. Yeah.
3: When you come. You get the five dollars back in cash. Oh wow! If you don't come, I'm keeping your five dollars.
1: Yeah, That's smart. That's yep, it. giving something perceived value. That's smart.
3: Yeah, because it's like I know the information in this class is going to put you on the path, and it's very valuable. You just think because it's free and it was a Saturday and it was nice that day that you're going to miss this information. Cool. You are welcome to miss that information. I am welcome to keep your five dollars. <laughs> so that's how we're going to do it. But yeah, for, for the most part, um, outside of that new thing that we're going to do, and it's still free. Cause if you show up, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give you the $5 back in cash and I'm not mm-hmm. going to put it on your card. And I got none of that, you know? so, um, yeah, we want to make it free. Because yeah. That's awesome. We, we dealing with freedoms. I mean, mm. I'm not, I don't want to charge anybody. I yeah. Mean, I, the, the, it makes sense for us. It makes sense for the trainers. It makes sense for the lawyers that we have at each class. As many people as we pack in the building for free, um, the more relationships they can establish. I mean, we, we got, got guys that come out that are trainers that, you know, like top notch. And I'm like, damn, how did I not know you? <laughs> you know? Um, and lawyers, lawyers, they need to be, you know, you don't need to get this guy's number, this woman's number. Mm-hmm. So don't wait, build that relationship. Now For sure. If you got some quote unquote disposable income sitting around. You need to put them on retainer right now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then that helps that economy. You know, it's, it's all going to come back to: Can we generate money for the people? Can we create jobs for the people? Can we um, make expand on this economy and this demographic? That's the end game. And everybody in my team says I shouldn't say that, but
4: it is. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. So, I, I want to make it where you know it's like the weed rush in Colorado. Why can't all of these abandoned factories in North Philly? Why can't Block? If if the numbers are there, why can't we create job creation? Even big, mm-hmm. it's not even as big as Block. Why can't we have a, a, a holster manufacturing company, a small factory here? Yeah. There's jobs. You know, and if it's a new ten million people in a particular, you know, three mile rate uh, excuse me, three state radius that are purchasing these things because we waking that sleeping giant up economically. Now you get the politicians behind that. This is good yeah. for a tax base. Yeah. I'm literally going to make America great again. <laughs> <Because I laughs> there it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, you're right yeah so So that's the overall thing that's why we keep it free because if we keep it free more people show up more people are informed and it's a trickle out effect
0: yeah so you can you know donate your time and have these other people donate their time but we know you know we all know events cost money to do i see you've got a donate button on here um is that how you do most of your you know funding of everything and um is that the best way for people to uh to contribute is through your the donate button on your website
3: yeah, 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 that's um that's uh, that goes right to our GoFundMe page. Um we all of our we're we're in nobody's pocket, nobody's in our pocket. Um all of the donations are transparent. I do not make 1 cent off of this. I have, you know, retail situations around Philly, so I'm straight. Right. Um the the money goes towards my team's travel, you know, cuz we kind of went, you know, already to like 17 cities. Hmm. Um flight hotels car rentals you know out giving the trainers and stuff but yeah the GoFundMe page is the best way Um, for everybody that's listening that that wants to keep saying hey well let me just send it to your PayPal no You know the IRS. Al Capone didn't go to jail for (laughs) none of the bodies. He Uh was in jail for. That's
1: right. Yeah.
3: You know. So it's like nah, just donate it, and I appreciate the love. You know, but um, just donate it to to what we're doing. It's nice and transparent. Everybody can see exactly what was donated. I do take some of my own personal money. You know, and um, a lot of the hoodie money or T-shirt or cups. You know, the mugs. We put a lot of that back into it. You know, um, here and there. Like if we want to go somewhere fancy to eat, I'll use like some of the hoodie money you Mm -hmm. know um and do that but um and we usually do that like right after a really good city we did it in um we did it in miami we went to oh the palm we went to palm after miami yeah that place was like really nice
1: they had very good prime um, rib (laughs) yeah yeah It it was delicious um,
3: but, yeah, so that's really pr- – anybody that's listening that wants to support, you know, do that. Hit the GoFundMe.com backslash Black Guns Matter. Um, yeah, or just social media. Just follow me. It's, it's me, you know, for the most part, you know, on the, you know, my personal pages. and um, Or if you just want to talk, you know, if you, sometimes that's another thing. Sometimes people in the hood, man, we deal with serious trauma, like whether it's poverty, whether it's, you know, people getting shot. Yo, man, PTSD is real. They say it takes like one trauma for you to be seriously affected. But like people in urban communities are affected by firearms ignorance traumatically a lot. So mm. sometimes, man, if I don't give a care if it's three o'clock in the morning. I give up my personal number all the time. Um, just you know, just let's just yeah. chat, man. Let's before you go shoot somebody, call me. Yo, man, it's not worth it. Let's talk about it. You know, we have to have a holistic approach to our communities you know, and not have such a divide-and-conquer mentality, you know. And so I'm, I'm always here. I'm going to be here for that. So whichever way y'all need it, need me, want to support, those are the ways to
4: do it.
2: Can you go ahead and promote, uh, give us your website and, and other other ways? You just mentioned Twitter, but uh, can you give us how to, how to directly get in contact with you?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, my, the website is officialblackgunsmatter.com. Um, my Instagram is Maj2Ray, M A J T O U R E, all one word. Uh, my Twitter is the same, Maj2Ray. Uh, the Facebook is official Black Guns Matter underscore Maj2Ray. My personal Facebook is Maj2Ray. Um, our, oh, our Instagram is official Black Guns Matter on Instagram. Um, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much it. If you go to the website, all of the oh, social so media sure. links. Yeah, you are awesome.
1: there, and the GoFundMe and
2: all of that. Yeah, and for our listeners, we'll have it on the Facebook page under show notes or on our um, yeah I'll show our notes website. also. Yep, it's so live
1: we'll it there. Uh, Maj, uh, what what are some of the I guess the biggest myths that you encounter between uh, these urban classes, to also just anyone, the general populace that that you may come against? Uh, especially, on, I know on Twitter can be the den of uh, vipers and cesspool <laughs> of uh, everyone who's a social justice warrior. So. What uh, what are some of the you know, common myths that you have to try to dispel on a daily basis?
3: The biggest one is Clip. Let me see the clip.
1: <laughs> oh, clip magazine? Got
3: it. <laughs> That's one. Um, the other thing is that, now this is where it's on the other side, you thought the white guy behind the counter was racist. No, he wasn't racist. The thing about racism is it exists, and I want to stamp and crush Racism out. We all do. However, you can't do it by calling everything racist <laughs> mm. You by saying clips by only even you, you dry fire. You, you didn't ask. You you know you even if you didn't even get that far. You say let me see the firearm. Da da da. You, you your trigger discipline is horrible. Your you're waving the muzzle this person behind the counter has had eight guns pointed at him today. and He's kind of tired of it. <laughs> he's not a racist. He's tired of having guns pointed at his face all day. You know, even if it's unloaded, it's just bad. It's just bad form. It's just, you know? So uh, just giving people that, you know, for, you know, help, helping people process that a little bit differently. And when they, when they have, they see the difference. Sometimes I'll, I'll talk to people that hit me on social media. They'll go, Yo, man, the things you were saying about that in class, I went back to that same gun shop. I handled it differently, and I got a totally different response from the guy mm-hmm. from the same guy behind the counter. You awesome. know, so that's one of the another big misconception. Um, another one is that uh, the the whole lo- gun sh- gun show loophole. Oh yeah. And I'm like, listen, man, that's that's the one that we clear up every single you know city we go to. Um, what's some more of them?
1: I don't I don't know how the gun show gun show loophole came into existence because every time I've had to buy a gun from there, it's all it's right. always wait.
3: <laughs> yes, you, you, yeah, you're going to fill out the 4473. Yep. I mean, unless you bought it from the back alley, then we're not <laughs> talking about legal right. gun sales. But you're going to fill that form out. There's no, you know, and so just just those are some of the things. It's really oh oh, there's another one assault rifle. Mm. Um, that's like all of the time. So we're able to give people that like yo. And Armalite, the mm-hmm. name of the company that made it. You that's know, right. and people go, that's that's a lot. Where a lot of the light bulbs go. Mm-hmm. Oh, A R. Oh, Armalite. Armalite. Yep. Yeah. So those are some of them. Um, but we love it though because every time we do that, the the other side can never trick that person again. They go, nah, no Armalite assault rifle. They'll hear it like the next day on the news. <laughs> saw, it was just, it was just conven- it was, yeah, convenient. Yeah,
1: convenient. Yeah.
4: Well, know, the meat, so the, obviously, the ignorant
1: media has no, no, they're not helping the situation too much with that either. So, and of course, some of the congressmen, yeah, some of the congressmen too. Uh, I'm sure you remember the the viral YouTube video where uh, the ten thousand rounds a second, the more, the moron, <laughs> the moron from uh, California with the ghost gun and, and the ghost clip, and yeah, that's these these people just.
3: I believe that they, I want to give them more credit for being insidious than ignorant. I do not want to believe that you thought that, you know, I would rather you be the evil sinister laugh behind the curtain, rubbing your hands together. (laughs) And then I can accept that. Okay. You're smart. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to believe that you got on, you got on platform. You got on stage in front of all of these people, the world said, Ghost gun, ghost clip, go, 10,000. Like, I, I almost don't believe you. Like, you're in a high-ranking position, a leader of men and women. And this is – I mean, even before not, – I'm not saying you have to be extremely well-versed in firearm terminology. I'm not saying that because I still say burner sometimes. And I know some of my guys, that make them cringe. Yeah. So I'm not even saying that. I'm saying you didn't do the due diligence to even find out what you were saying before you said it on camera that's dangerous
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know so um we love to break them stereotypes that and that's another reason why cultural the cultural we have a section of our class that builds what cult, it's called culture and th- philosophy you know where, where i'm able to field a lot of the q a about you know again how this relates to the hood um how the misinformation is out there and where it comes from and when they start to see you know, when I, we tell them things like, "Watch how many times you've heard the term gun violence," and then I say, "Well, how come you have never heard the term knife violence? <laughs> Why?"
1: Well, it's just like the new, the, the, the new it? word fake fake news. Now they're trying, you know, they try to push a group of words like gun mm-hmm. violence, fake news and whatever else yeah. just to kind of push the meme on, uh, on the culture. Um, I think you and I would probably be conspiracy buddies if we lived closer <laughs> together. Cause I've, I've heard several, uh, yeah. several things. I like the matrix, the prison industrial complex and <laughs> several yep. other things. So, so we probably watch some of the same people or listen to the same podcast and radio, uh, radio show. So, um, yep. you know, I, I guess the last thing we're going to try to wrap it up here in a second with you, but, you know when the government comes up and with a new law that is disguised as safety and security for its inhabitants and citizens, be very wary of that because of those. So, um, I hopefully people will uh, choose liberty over the safe bed of having all their rights taken away. And uh, people like you, Maj, are out there pushing the uh, pushing the, pushing back a little bit against the culture and the society. We appreciate you because uh, Second yeah. Second Amendment does matter. Um, life and liberty do matter and we appreciate you out there doing that and educating culture and like i said before if you're in the charlotte area we would love to take you out for dinner mm-hmm. love to binge you ear for a little while and you know also maybe get behind a gun range and see how surgical you are because i know i'm not surgically <laughs> why haven't been to a gun range in a while so.
2: we uh we have one one last thing that we do we do a bit called uh, 10 and one so we ask you 10 rapid fire questions and uh see okay. if you can get it under a minute would you be willing to play okay. sure all right here we go you ready Yep Alright uh, 1911 or 1776 Ho oh. ho ho Oh shit
3: I'm trying keep it under a minute uh, 1776
2: uh, Besides your cell, wallet, and gun What else is your everyday carry? Coffee uh, you, What cereal did you eat as a kid?
3: Captain Crunch
2: uh, Bass Pro or Cabela's? Bass Pro uh, Dream firearm to shoot? Tommy Gun uh, Favorite video game?
3: Mortal Kombat.
2: Terminator or Predator? Predator. <laughs> NRA or... <laughs> NRA or NBA?
3: Oh, my God. NRA. <laughs> uh,
2: best event location you've hosted? Got it. Uh, and this, will, this doesn't count, uh, but people say, you know, you have a spirit animal. Uh, here on the show, we'd like to know, what is your spirit food? What is a food that's you've most... Uh, connect with oh pizza. all right <laughs> well thank you so much you got it you got it all in under a minute good job
1: thanks Maj and once thank again I just want to approach your website official uh, blackgunsmatter.com is the website please look him up on Facebook obviously he's he's uh, interested in com- uh, continuing the conversation outside on the interwebs so please contact Maj out there
2: thank you so much appreciate it thanks y'all